I want to get into the message today, and uh, I'm actually finishing up a series on living in victory. So we've preached a number of messages on it, uh, and today specifically we're going to talk about living in victory in our health. All right, so previously we talked about living in victory over sin, we talked about living in victory in our finances, and today we're talking about living in victory in our health. Now let me give you our first scripture, and then I'm going to give a part of a testimony story. So Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So I started with this verse for a reason. First of all, I really love this verse because it says he healed all. And the second part that I want you to see in this verse is that there is an enemy who oppresses. And when there is an enemy who oppresses, it means there's a battle. And when there's a battle, there has to be somebody who wins. Do I have any people here who are competitive? Do you like to win? Uh, one or two of you. The other ones are like, yeah, I like to lose. Come on, nobody likes to lose. We, are, we like to win. Uh, but... <laughs> And in this case, I believe that we also can be winners. God wants us to win. He wants us to live in victory. And yes, specifically today, he wants us to live in victory in our health. Let me take a moment to read a story, somebody's story. And I believe it's a story that ends in victory. She felt so tired and the pain was a bit too much. She was laying there in a hospital bed with an IV hooked to her arm. It was the middle of the night and the hospital was quiet as she lay there unable to sleep. She remembered all the time she'd spent in the hospital over the years and it was way too many times. She remembered as a little girl laying in the hospital bed waiting to get a big needle again for low iron. It seemed like a monthly thing and it went on and on. She was there for so many things. Back in those days, they kept paper files, and her file was more than two inches thick. And then there were the hospital visits for allergies and asthma. She remembered many times sleeping at the hospital bed with a plastic tent over it for oxygen. The sounds of the hospital were almost normal to her, and not really even one bit unusual. Wheelchairs moving down the hall, carts wheeling by, and that older person walking slowly with their cane thumping along. Sometimes it felt like she spent more time visiting the hospital than anywhere else. And here she was in the hospital again, but this time it was different. And as she lay there in that hospital bed listening to the nurses making their rounds, she remembered when her hospital visits started becoming fewer. She had accepted Christ as her Savior when she was nine years old, and she knew God could heal people. She'd seen healings with her own eyes, and she herself was one day healed of asthma and allergies at a gospel meeting simply by going forward and receiving prayer from the pastor. Her hospital visits became less. She remembered when the needles stopped and she was given iron pills instead. And she was thankful, but yet the visit seemed to continue. If it wasn't one thing, it was another. And she remembered her knee problem and how many times she went with her knee locked and yet there seemed to be no way to fix it. 
It would lock and give her excruciating pain at the worst of times. And she remembered as a kid being upside down on the monkey bars with her knee locked and unable to get off. And in pain. And it seemed forever before the tallest grade 12 boy showed up and helped her down. But she would never forget how God healed her knee. You see, church, I believe that God wants you and I to be able to walk in health, to be able to live in it. And today we're going to talk about how do we do that? How do we live in health? I believe God does miracles and I love miracles, but he doesn't just want us to go from miracle to miracle, but to live in it. And so church, I want to give you some scripture on how he asks us to do that. So you and I can live and walk in health, and I'm going to go into this a little bit, so stick with me, because I'm not just going to tell you how to get a miracle. So this may be a little deeper, a little more than what you've heard on in the past about healing. I believe one of the first things you need to know about living in health is that you need to speak health. So you must use your words. Okay? Living in health, you must use your words. And there's a couple ways you use your words. First, speak health. Listen to Proverbs 16, 23, and 24. It says, The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. In other words, a wise person thinks about it and actually searches out and wants to teach himself how to speak. In other words, no, we don't just say everything that goes through our mind. We don't just say how we feel. We don't just speak randomly. Because church, your words have power. Scripture says in another place in Proverbs that life and death are in the power of your tongue. So are you speaking life or are you speaking death? Proverbs 12, 18 says this, There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So let me ask you, church, who wants to be wise? If you want to be wise, you need to learn to be wise with your words. You see, what you speak has an effect on your health, whether you like it or not. And think about it for a minute. What are you speaking about your health? Well, this time of year, I always get sick. Well, it kind of runs in the family. Oh, yeah, my dad had that, so I guess, whoa, take a minute. We say things randomly, but they have power. Oh, that little pain. Oh, that must be my arthritis. What? Why is it yours? Don't own it. Oh, yeah, oh, what's that? I remember one time I had to go to the hospital for that. Oh, I better get, make an appointment. Hold on, hold on. Our words have power. When you accept and start speaking it, the next thing you're going down a road, you don't need to go. So yes, your words have an effect. How about we teach our mouths to say something different? When that pain comes, oh, hold on there. The Lord I serve took stripes for this and said, I'm already healed. He already paid the price. I don't have to live with this. Nope. You can go now there, pain. 
oh, that, there's a little bit of headache. Here comes another migraine. I better go to bed and take two Advil. Oh, hold on. That's where you're going if that's what you speak. No, no, no. By his stripes, I'm healed. Oh, he's the God that heals me. Do you know his word that you can speak life over yourself? You don't have to accept it. You don't have to give life to it by speaking it. Mark 11 and verse 22. A well-known scripture about our words, but let's look at it again. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Your words have power. What are you believing for? Are you speaking and believing for more sickness? Because if you are, that's where it's going to go. Guaranteed. Being sick is not a place God wants us to live in. And sometimes being sick can bring attention or get people to notice and maybe feel good to get people surrounding us again and a reason to call everybody for prayer. Okay, when it's there, get it dealt with, but don't live there. Don't live there. Don't stay there. Don't own it. So we need to use our words. If we want to live in health, speak health. And I'm going to encourage you. I don't have time to do a message on speaking because that's not what the message is today. I'm going to encourage you, check it out yourself. Learn how to speak health. Okay? I'm just going to give it to you. The second way you use your words is you can ask for health. And obviously that is through prayer. Matthew 7, verse 7. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Ask. Ask in prayer. So use your words to speak health. Use your words in prayer to ask. Lord, I thank you you paid the price. I'm going through something right now. No, maybe you got that sinus thing that's going through the entire community. Lord, I just declare right now for health, and I'm asking you to bring your healing power. Ask. Use your words. And we can also ask others to pray for us. So using our words is important. James 5, verse 14. If any of you are sick, they should call for the elders of the church, and the elders should pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer that comes from faith will heal the sick, for the Lord will restore them to health, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. For this reason, confess your sin to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful in what it can achieve. So ask others to pray for you. This scripture is really talking about a small or intimate setting where you can converse with one another back and forth. Church, that's life groups. You're not going to have time at the large service for all of us to talk about our needs and what we've been through and what we need. I hope you're part of a life group. That's where you need to talk. That's where you need to be confessing with one another and praying for one another. And God will do mighty miracles. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you know, the church has been doing life groups even before I became the pastor. And in 2017, we actually at that time hired a life group pastor because we felt it was that important. And uh, the years have gone by. Pastor's roles shifted. 
and now we have a connections pastor who once again oversees it. We know it's that important. So let me encourage you. If you're not part of a life group, you're missing out where God is taking the church. Plain and simple. When church is really small, the whole church can be your life group. But it doesn't work that way after a certain amount. So be part of one and ask other people to get involved. Do you want to live in health? So we ask for it. So use your words. Speak health, ask in prayer, ask others to also pray. Now, I believe also to live in health, we must take appropriate action. Okay? So remember, this is not a message just on how to get a miracle. This is a message on how to live in health. So what kind of action do we need to be taking if we want to daily live healthy? Well, the first action I'm going to say is this. Be persistent. Go after health. Because you see, if you've been in a situation where the hospital visits seem to always be one after the other, getting out of it is not going to be simple. Because the first thing that comes to your mind every time there's a cough or a scare on the news, your first thought is always going to be, I better go. I better go to the hospital. Okay, so it's not easy to get out. You're going to need to be persistent to get out of it. But let me just give you a scripture that is probably the most persistent story I've ever read in the scripture. Matthew 15, 22. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him, talking to Jesus, pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then the disciples urged him, send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. This woman knew that Jesus had the power to heal. She'd heard of him. She'd probably seen him doing miracles in the area. And she made up her mind, I need a healing for my daughter. She followed behind them, crying out. Jesus didn't answer. And the disciples started looking at her and rolling their eyes and holding their ears. I don't know if she had a high-pitched screaming voice, but man, they were like, oh, this woman. They may not have had the right heart attitude at that moment. I'm just saying. And finally, they're like, Jesus, do something. We can't take it anymore. And Jesus finally says to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. You see, when Jesus first came, he says he was sent to the Jews first and then the Gentiles. And he's actually telling her, right now at this time, it's ordained by God that I go to the Jews, not the Gentiles yet. That's a God thing. And this woman decided she'd go home because you can't change a God thing. Uh Uh-uh. Church, I'm telling you, this woman is so persistent. He tells her this, and it says, But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. In other words, she is saying before everybody watching, I don't care if this is a God-ordained thing. You've got the power to heal, and I want my daughter healed. Whew! How persistent are you? If someone told you, no, according to Scripture, right here, it's not yet time, and you're like, I don't care if it's not time. You get the power to heal, and I want it for my daughter. What amazing, amazing persistence. And then Jesus says this. It isn't right 
to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. What? You and I would have went home right then and be like, I am never going back to that church. What a rude pastor. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Jesus is making a cultural statement and that's what they used to call people outside of their culture. And it was vice versa. Different culture groups didn't like other culture groups. We're the ones, so that means you're outside, just like the dogs were outside the city. The dogs were outside the homes. But it is definitely a harsh statement no matter what. But she did not take it personal, and she would not let it stop her. She instead replies, that's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. She looks at him and said, no problem, I'll be a dog. Just give me one crumb. Just give me one crumb from your table. That's all my daughter needs. Church, are you going after your health? Are you just leaving it up to whatever? Oh, if he wants to one day, maybe. That's not faith. And that is not going to get you health. Jesus says, dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. If you want to live in victory in your health, you will need to be persistent. You will need to go after it. So church, make up your mind and say, yes, I'm going after health. Now, the second action that you're going to need to take is that you need to replace unhealthy habits or sin, with good habits, or another word for that, righteousness. John 5, verse 6, we read this. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? That is quite a question, by the way. He's laying by a pool where people get healed, and he's been sick 38 years, Of course he wants to be healed. But Jesus wanted to hear it from him. You're going to catch some things about healing here that are important. Healing is not random. Healing is available to anybody who will go after it. But let me continue. Do you want to be healed? Verse 7, the sick man man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed, he took up his bed and walked. Now there's a little bit of story that continues, but I want us to skip down to verse 14. And it says, afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see you are well, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. Okay, church, we're not just talking about how to get a miracle. We're talking about how to live in health. And yes, miracles are awesome, and we need them from time to time. But Jesus is telling this man, I don't just want you to be healthy this week. I want you to stay in health. So for him, obviously something he was involved in was having an effect on his health. Something he was doing, which Christ called sin, was causing his sickness. Now, I want to make a clear point here. Uh, If someone's sick doesn't mean they're a big sinner. You cannot judge somebody uh, by their health. Not at all. But continuing in a sin that is bad for your health is going to make you sick. 
Now, also let me say that uh, sickness comes from original sin and the fall. Okay, there was no sickness in original creation, but after Adam and Eve sinned, there was a fall, and now sickness could come on all. Okay, so that's, that's how sin plays into it, but if you know someone who's sick, it doesn't mean they're a sinner. They could be far more righteous than you are, okay? And you need to encourage them and pray for them for their health, all right? So I just want to make that point, but we do need to be willing to change our actions are our habits. And we can. Listen to Romans 13 and verse 12. It says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverie and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Okay, so if God says you need to stop sinning, it's because you can. He wouldn't tell you to do something that was impossible. Now you may need his help and his strength, and you will, but you can. When we read this verse, who was it that was supposed to put off the works of darkness? Us. Who was it that was supposed to put on the armor of light? Us. Who was it that was supposed to walk properly? Us. And who was it that was told to put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Us. The Lord Jesus Christ doesn't come put himself on you. He's made it available, but you go and you ask. Isn't that amazing? Healing is similar. You know, I thought about this one time. Jesus had all the power in the world. We know that eventually he died on the cross and his body was broken for health everywhere. Why didn't he just stand up, make his job easy and say, Lord, heal everybody on the earth? the end because that's not how healing works that's not how his kingdom works you get to play a part and church you need to believe it and you need to receive it when Jesus walked this earth you read the miracle stories he healed the people who came after him the people who really wanted it he walked through the land. There were sick people everywhere. The ones who called out. The ones who came after him and touched his garment. The ones who wouldn't let him go. That's who he healed. So taking action is important. One of the actions that I see that is very important in living in health is gaining wisdom and understanding. Listen to Proverbs 4 verse 7. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In verse 20 and 22, we're going down a little bit in the teaching. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Wisdom brings health. I remember a young man we were close with the family, more with the father, and a young man was a believer, and he grew up, he became a teacher, got married, had kids. But he really felt horrible, and he didn't know what was wrong. He had no energy. He would lay on the couch after work at school, and you know, he couldn't even do anything with his kids. He said, I got to go to the hospital. He went to the hospital, and after doing tests, they talked to him, and they said, you're in really, really bad shape. We've done the test, and it looks like for you, 
you're going to need to be taking five needles a day to balance your sugars. You are in rough shape. They said maybe if you change some of your habits, it could help, but this is pretty serious. And he went home and he told his wife, and he said, we need to call people to pray, and we need to change what we're doing. He called people for prayer, and he said, the first thing that's happening, that two-liter bottle of pop that I drink every night is gone. And they changed what was in their food, and his wife said, okay, I'm cooking different from here on out. And he said, and I'm going to exercise, because he never exercised. He got a bike, and he started exercising. He went back to the doctor a month later. He had lost 60 pounds, and he went back for the tests again. He changed his habits. He changed his life, what he consumed. They took the tests, and they said, we don't know what you've been doing, but keep doing it because you don't need any needles. Your sugars are right where they're supposed to be. Church, God does miracles. You're a part of it. So gain wisdom in your situation and go for health. You see, walking in health is not ignoring the issue. It's not a faith thing to pretend you don't have an issue. It's a faith thing to walk through it and deal with it. Church, wisdom is an important thing. And faith is not ignoring your situation. Let me say this. And I actually want to talk about the fact that taking steps of faith are a part of healing. But a step of faith is not just doing something rash or ridiculous and expecting God to show up. Step of faith is doing what God directed you to do in obedience. Very different. And listen, God might tell somebody else to do something. That's not your step of faith. That's their step of faith. I've heard of people saying, Yeah, I just threw my pills away because I'm believing. You know, there was a story, someone, God actually told them to do that, and for them it was awesome. But you can't take their step of faith. If God didn't tell you, you're going to be at the hospital asking for more pills real quick. That's not your step of faith. What has he directed you to do? Then it's a step of faith. Okay, so I just want to make that clear. Use wisdom, but yes, do take steps of faith when he directs. Look at Luke 17 and verse 12. It's talking about Jesus again, and it says, As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. So he didn't pray for them. He didn't lay hands on them. He didn't declare you're healed. He told them, take this step of faith. Go show yourself to the priest. And at that time, if you were going to show yourself to the priest, you were saying, my leprosy is healed, and the priest would declare you healed. Because in Old Testament time, they were told, if you had a rash, and if it looked like this, and if it changed to this, you go get the priest to tell you you're okay. So by them walking, they were declaring, I'm healed, I'm going to go tell the priest. But they weren't when they started walking. It was a step of faith. And they were all healed, and if you continue the story, one came back to thank God, but they were all healed. That was a step of faith directed by the Lord. So maybe he's giving you a step of faith. Maybe in prayer you feel him directing you to do something. Maybe you're in prayer with somebody you really trust, and they are saying, God's showing me this, and and you agree it's a step of faith. That's faith, okay? You can't just get up 
do some crazy thing and expect God to show up. That isn't how it works. I want to read part two of our testimony story that we're looking at today. She would never forget how God healed her knee. She went for prayer in a gospel meeting, and the lady preacher prayed for her and said, if you run around this church seven times, you'll be healed. She thought about this for a while. She was a teenager, and she thought, I might look stupid, and what if that good-looking boy thinks I'm crazy? She stood there for a moment longer and decided she wanted this healing, and she began to run. The little building was packed, but... People moved to the side and made a small path, and she ran. And as she ran, she felt God's presence, and time and how long she'd run was no longer something she used to think about. Suddenly, her mom grabbed her and said, you've run way more than seven times. You can sit down. Her knee was healed from that day, and it never bothered her again. A few years after getting married, there was another hospital visit, and It was a great visit. It was a visit to have a beautiful baby girl. She remembered it was snowing outside, and she really loved snow. And then there was that other amazing hospital visit where she received her first adopted baby. It was a miracle with absolutely no pain. She later adopted two more amazing children, but neither of those adoptions required hospital visits. And then there was the horrible hospital visit where her iron was so low that she had to receive two bags of blood in a hurry. They didn't even have time to properly warm them, and the feeling of someone else's cold blood going into her veins was, in her words, disgusting. Her cycles were never normal, but after having her baby girl, they just wouldn't end. Pills and more pills. Without them, the bleeding wouldn't stop, but the pills also meant she couldn't get pregnant again, something she'd wanted more than anything else. She prayed for healing. She had preachers pray, and elders pray, and friends pray. She cried, she did everything she could think of, but healing didn't come. She felt angry, confused, and worst of all, many times depressed. Why wouldn't God heal her? Was it her fault? Didn't God even care? Maybe you're in a spot where you've been dealing with something for a long time. And your feeling doesn't even care. I just want to tell you right now, he cares. He loves you, and he already paid a price for it. And when you don't understand, you don't give up on him because he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And his love will go on unending. And finally, I want to say this. To live in victory in our health, we must believe how good God is. We must believe he really wants us healthy and to live in health. And I could have had this as my first point, but we're going to put it here now. Because without believing that he really wants you well, you will never live in health. If you think God wants you sick to teach you a lesson, you will be sick. If you think healing people is just random or it's only for good people, you will be sick. You need to believe it. 1 Peter 2.4, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. The word heal means to cure or make whole completely. Jesus already paid the price. That's how much he loves us. In Matthew 8.16, that evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. All. 
Jesus loves people so much he healed all. You will not read a story where someone came to Jesus for healing and he said, no, not you. God gave you this to teach you a lesson. You will not find it. No, not you. You're a little bit worse than other people. Nope, you won't find it. Nope, not you. You're too old. Old people are supposed to be sick. Nope, you won't find it. That's a belief some people have. No way. Health is for you and I. Jesus never turned somebody away because of their age, their color, their race, how bad they'd been. Okay, God doesn't need sickness to teach people lessons. There's plenty of ways of correcting us and teaching us lessons. Okay, I'm just going to put that there. All right, John 3, 16 and 17. Oh, that verse we know so well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus came to save the world. What does that word saved mean? It means to be made whole. Mind, body, soul, and spirit. As a matter of fact, that word saved is actually translated a number of times with the word healed. He paid for your healing. In your spirit, and your mind, and your body. He loves you. Mark 9 and verse 21. This is my last portion of scripture. And then we're going to finish the story. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him in the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. You see, he's saying, Jesus, if you want to or if you can, could you? And Jesus says, what do you mean if I want to or if I can? Of course I do. Healing is not hinged on if I can. I can. Healing is hinged on do you believe I can? So let me ask you, church, do you believe he can. And I'm going to make this personal. Not, I believe God can heal people. Well, that's great. That's not what I asked. Oh, you mean like for me? Yeah. I believe God could heal me sometime if he wants. I found out sometime never comes. That's not believing. That's giving an out for your unbelief. Well, it's just not his perfect timing. No, no, no. I believe he can heal me right now. That's believing. Because he made the price for it. I believe he can heal me right now. That's believing. And Jesus did. Jesus healed that boy instantly. He commanded that spirit to leave and that boy was healed. Jesus can if you can believe. Let me finish the story, and then we're going to wrap up. After her second time visiting the hospital to receive blood once again for extremely low iron, she thought about how she'd got there. You see, she'd given up. And she'd said, well, if God won't heal me, then I quit. 
I'm going to throw these pills away. I don't care. And she lay there, once again receiving blood. She made up her mind that she was going to find out everything she could about healing. She talked to the Lord and said, Lord, I want to know your word to understand it. I'm so hungry. I want to know the formula of how healing works. Because she wanted to be healed and she wanted to see others healed. When she went to bed that night, she had a dream. She was standing outside and could hear God talking to her. And he said, you see the stars? Yes. You really want to know me and understand my word? Then he took her hand. And up she went into the galaxy. And she could see the stars as far as her natural eyes could see. And then he said, to understand my word is like these stars. They go on and on. Then it was like God opened her eyes and she could see further than the strongest telescopes have ever seen. And she could see the stars and more stars. There was no end. And God said, there's so much to know to learn, to understand, but to know me is to know my word. To understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep my love is, there is no end. This is what you need to know. She woke up so excited, and the presence of the Lord was so strong. She pulled out her Bible and started to search the word. She started to read, and it was like she saw the words differently. She understood the verse, you're snared by the words of your mouth, and she could picture her dad snaring exactly what he said he was going to snare. And it came alive and real to her. She read Mark eleven twenty three, and it finally made sense. Have faith in God first, and then say the words. We have what we speak. And she realized she'd been saying for years and years, I will never get pregnant. She was so excited, she was shaking. She ran to the bathroom and looked at herself in the mirror, and she pointed at herself and said, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That is why I say I don't need to be on these pills anymore, I have regular cycles. She did this three mornings in a row, and she felt God do something in her womb. And she became regular, and has been regular ever since. She began to understand how much he loved her, and once again, many months later, went to the same mirror again and pointed in the mirror at herself and declared, He loves me so much. And he has good gifts for me. That is why I am pregnant. And as she lay there in that hospital bed, she thought how different her life was now. She didn't know the doctors or the nurses anymore. She was rarely at the hospital. But here she was now in the hospital again for the second time 20 years later, having given birth to another beautiful baby girl. Now, if you've been at church for a long time, you're going to know that that's my wife's story that I shared. And God has done many miracles for her. But church, that can also be your story. You see, God doesn't love her any more than he loves you. 
God is no respecter of persons. He loves you just the same. You are one of his kids, and he has good things for you. And right now, he's looking at you and saying, I love you. You're mine, and I want you to live in health. If you're here today and you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, you have to do that to even begin living in health and blessing that he has prepared. You see, salvation is a free gift, but we have to receive it. It just doesn't fall on everybody. We have to take words and say what's in our heart. And so if you're here today and you've never asked Christ to be your Savior, I'm going to give you opportunity to do that right now. We're going to say a prayer, which is just confessing with our mouth what we believe in our heart. And when we do that, Christ comes in and brings us salvation. So I want each of you right now, young and old, to just bow with me. And if you want this salvation, repeat this after me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are my Savior. And I ask you right now, forgive me of all I've done wrong. Make me new. Take my life and use it. I'm yours. Amen. So again, where you're seated, I want you to bow with me. And this time, I'm going to pray for God's health and his wisdom and kind of how he leads. So with your heads bowed, Lord Jesus, I pray right now for your people, your congregation. I thank you, Lord. They're your kids. You love them and you want them to walk in health. And so, Lord, we use our words and we declare health comes over your people. We command sickness and disease to leave in Jesus' name. Lord, we say that you would give us wisdom in the areas where we need to change what we're doing. Wisdom in the areas where we need to change our habits or our lifestyle. And then give us courage to walk it out. Lord, we pray that we would never doubt your amazing love. And we right now ask you to put your arms around us and let us feel it and know it and never doubt it. In Jesus' name, amen.